yes, it's a commitment and a responsibility for sure to, to have a, a daughter and or son. But we tend to forget about ourselves as mothers. And that happened to me in the beginning. I was fully for her. And it's like that naturally. Fully for her. Fully. Mariana disappears. It's mother of Gali. Mariana doesn't exist anymore. I'm breastfeeding her, feeding her, changing her, watching her 24 hours every time. Ta, ta, ta. You got to a point that you, you don't know who you are. Like, who I am? I'm Mariana? No, I don't think so. You know, like, then you slowly, slowly, you need to reconnect to yourself and to empower yourself to be like a, a good example also for her, no? And to all, always evolve in a good way. Welcome to Curious Babel. I'm your host, Angie Wong. In this podcast, I interview coaches, entrepreneurs, medical professionals, and academic researchers in the fitness world about their knowledge and life stories. Today, I'm interviewing Mariana, mi maestra, my teacher here in Puerto Escondido in the movement class. I remember the first time in our class, it's not intensive courses, so it's a few students and Mariana just kicking ass in coaching us. At that time, I didn't know you were a coach. Yeah. So I was just like, why is she so good? And she feels like she owns the space. And <laughs> later I learned that you're a coach and that you also practice jujitsu and other stuff. And then the kids running around in the class is your daughter. That just blew my mind. So as I get deeper into the Mexican culture and learn more about the machismo culture here, the in Chinese we call it Danarenjui. Oh. It, <laughs> it just like blow my mind to see how you are able to position yourself in coaching and how the females attend in this class doesn't make me feel like they are putting themselves in a vulnerable position either. So that makes me very curious about you and how you and Jonathan started the movement and like everyone that joined you and how you build this community. So today, um, I would like to ask you questions about this direction and also as a female coach, it's really not that that much that it's not it's really not that many female coaches I know in Taiwan and so I want I'm really wanting to like know what it's like to coach as a female here and as someone who is wanting to be a mom very soon I want to know like how you make the life decision of having a kid and how the kid influence you so I'm very happy to have you here thank you so much for accepting my invitation Thank you. You're welcome. I'm very excited to be here talking with you. Could you briefly introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, of course. I'm Mariana. I'm Mexican. I'm 30 years old. I'm a mother, first of all, and I love my daughter. This is the most beautiful part of my life. The next is that I love movement. I teach movement and I practice movement as well. And Jiu-Jitsu and other stuff related with the body. But the, my main thing is movement. By the influence of Ido Portal, my teacher. Mm -hmm. So what's your training journey like? Oh my God, it's long. I always been like a kinetic person. My mother told me when I was a child, she told me like, you're very kinetic, Mariana. You always want to hug somebody. You always want to touch people, to 
take the hands and kiss me and everybody. And I'm like, yes, I am. So I started to run with my dad. He was training me to do marathons of like five kilometers. This is what my beginning. And I enjoy going to competition and winning and like in a child level. And I always been doing something, but always jumping, jumping from one thing to other. You know, like I, I tried everything, like gymnastics and dancing, but not for a long period. Then uh, when I was in college, I decided to study performing arts, which was very involved also with movement. You know? We have like uh, expression of the body as a project and I had also circus so I started there with circles and expression of the body and then I saw that I was not so flexible I started to study yoga and to practice and then I became a teacher and then I saw like acro yoga which is very related also to circus but in a more joggy way So I was in my journey accumulating things, but nothing concrete and in a very unorganized way, you know, like messy way. I also, I was practicing African dance for about five years, taking lots of courses and I was in a band dancing and drumming. I did everything (laughs) and I loved everything. And I was, everybody told me like, Mariana, you must focus on something if you want to To be good in this life, you must focus, choose one subject. And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot. I love everything. I love to dance. I love yoga. I love circus. I love theater. Everybody like, good luck, but you are not in the right path. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm enjoying learning from everything. But yes, was a messy way. There are a lot of disorders, but I was enjoying and flowing. I was very hippie also, like, <laughs> yes, whatever it comes, it comes. I'm very open to everything. And then I, I met Jonathan in, in an acro yoga teacher training here in Mexico. He's from Israel. He was not supposed to be there because it was like a course, especially for Latin American people. And he came all the way from Israel to take the course because it was cheaper. So <laughs> we met there and we did like a click immediately. Because in acro yoga, you teach as a partner. All the teachers there, they was like, oh, you have something together teaching. Like, in the beginning, I didn't want to, to be her girlfriend. Because I, I was focused on the worship. And he was insisting, like, oh, I love you. <laughs> can you be my, my girlfriend? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, don't distract me. We can be partners. Partner works. We can teach together because we are good at it. But only. And then we decided to move to Puerto. He was like, I live in Puerto. I have lots of people there. Let's go and teach together. So we we came, we teach acro yoga, yoga. And then we was traveling also around the world. We went to Israel to learn. That that was the first time we met Ido Portal. At least me. I think he he met him before. But I went there and I went to an open class on a park, beautiful park, with Roy Goldmich, Liav, beautiful teachers, great teachers. I realized there that I wasn't strong enough. I was like, oh my God, what is this? I cannot do a shin-up. And I thought I was strong. I'm doing acroyoga and I'm doing aerial dance 
acrobatics and I don't have the strength to pull up my body. And then I was like hooked because of that. A word opened for me. Like, oh my God, I'm not strong. And I thought I was strong. What is this? But we were still flowing on the hippie life, acro yoga, yoga. We was there training acro yoga, ito portal. Then we, we went to a circus school in Madrid. Beautiful, beautiful teachers, very professionals. And there I get pregnant. We get pregnant. I hate to say I, get, <laughs> I got pregnant. We got pregnant. We didn't plan it, but we knew it could happen because we, we was open about it. But we didn't plan it like, yes, let's do it now. We was like, okay, it could, it could happen and it happened there. So I wanted to c come back home because I was afraid of my parents because of all this machoism culture that if you get pregnant before you're married, It's not good for society. No? Mm -hmm. So I was very, very scared. But Jonathan's mother was like, oh, don't worry. Like he, She was, I'm so happy for you. Like, whatever you need. And also, when I talked to my mother and I told her, by my surprise, she was also super like, oh my God, congratulations. I love you. I will always love you. Don't worry. I'm here for you. My dad was a bit upset, but I didn't care. I was like, okay, whatever. It's your problem. I'm happy. So at the end, we got married because of like the papers for him to be here. And obviously because we love each other, but we didn't really want to get married. But we got married because our, my family especially, because they were like, yeah, let's have the last name for Gali, you know? And at the end, we enjoyed. And he started to travel at the same time to workshops with Ido in different parts of Europe. And obviously, he was here when Galis born. And I was fully into that. Like, I forgot about movement, everything. I was still dancing. Also, I was dancing on, the, on my labor work. I was dancing African because it made me feel my pain release. What do you mean you were dancing while you were delivering Gali? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was in such a such a pain that that was the only way for me to release the pain. When I stopped dancing, the pain came again. Um, it's curious, but they say you need to enter to, to, to be with your feelings and intuition to deliver. No, like not to hear every people, all the people to to tell you like sit down or walk. It's to hear what you need, what your body needs. So my body was needing to dance, and I was dancing a few hours <laughs> there, and then Gali born naturally, which was my my goal, and I was fully immersed on that. I was like nothing exists but my baby, you know, and I was super happy all by hormones and it was everything for her. And then I saw Jonathan, he was very into movement by that time. Moving, squatting, hanging, shin-upping, stretching, doing that. And I was like sitting, breastfeeding, gully, watching at him. And I was like, oh my God, can you stop please? Like... <laughs> I'm jealous. I cannot do this. And he was like, why not? You, you should join me. And I was like, no, no, no. In the beginning, rejecting him a bit. But then, like with the time, as I saw him more, 
I I started to to join him. He he told me, "Okay, you can do the the one month challenge of hanging." You know this challenge? No. It's it's a very good one. So you hang for one month, seven minutes a day. You accumulate seven minutes. You can do thirty sets of thirty seconds or one minute in all the day. You can do in the morning. In the your posture change in about a month while doing that, and that what happened to me. Also, I did that squat one month challenge, which is accumulating. 30 minutes squatting every day. So this changed me like 360 degrees. I was feeling good with the energy. My posture changed because breastfeeding and carry your baby brings all your shoulders forward. Mm-hmm. And you're tired. Also, your chest is like very heavy. <laughs> and with this hanging challenge, my life changed. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Teach me more. So Jonathan was my my inspiration, and I started to do more and more, and suddenly I got my chin up, and Ido came here randomly. He was talking to Jonathan, and he says, I want to go to Mexico. I will give an internship, arrange everything, da-da-da, and he came. It was super powerful, one-week one workshop, and that hooked me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in forever. <laughs> what, what is the thing that you get hooked on? The thing is like evolving every time, you know, like being aware of your body every time more. Being aware that I'm not aware every time I'm a bit more aware and a bit more aware. And I understand my shoulders and my body and my energy. And every time I'm getting more powerful also, I feel like Mm -hmm. more calm and I can see patterns that I don't like in my body and in my life. And I can work it together. You know, it's like a mirror. Whatever I do physically, I can also work it on on the other aspect, on my habit aspect, mental aspect, emotional aspect. I saw the integration of everything. For me, it works that something that I can do, I can feel, I can uh, quantify. It works for me to work with something that I don't know, I don't see it, I don't quantify. I can definitely relate. At first, I feel like my life trajectory, even though like my Asian mm-hmm. background doesn't allow me to be as hippie as I wanted to be, but I'm also like just wanted to try so many things throughout my life course. Mm-hmm. And in Chinese, we have a saying called "You have only passion for three minutes," and that's why my parents call me like "You only have passion for three minutes. You'll never be able to focus on one thing." And so I changed from like literature to sociology, mm-hmm. and then to tech. And then I really fall in love with lifting, so I changed to be a coach. But at that time, I felt like, okay, I found that one thing. That is lifting because later I realized lift helped me connect me and my breath and my body. But there's not, it's nothing compared to when I first joined the movement class. I remember the first day we had to do a wave with our finger to our arm and the shoulder leading and the finger leading. I was like, what is that? I didn't <laughs> even know my finger exists. <laughs> even though I felt like I... When I lift, I do need to, okay, I need to do different breathing strategy. I need to hold the bar and stuff. But like, my finger is just part of my arm and my hand. They are not <laughs> separated. Like, yeah. And so the awareness I received from movement, it's just blew my mind for the past three months I have in Mexico. 
all things combined, like the way I perceive myself, my body, my awareness, and just like you say, the patterns I see coming inside me when we do different exercise. There are things I like, things I'm weakness. I have weakness, but I'm passionate about fixing, and things I have weakness, I just don't want to fix it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrying the stick, I really, just, <laughs> I just can't like successfully manage it. But I'm still working on it. But just like this morning, we started our second phase. Yeah. Of intensive course,、mm-hmm. and then we start with a meditation,、mm-hmm. and that、uh, that brings another form of awareness to the class too. Before we used to start with single leg standing or double leg standing with、uh, open eye meditation. Yeah. Each time, I just learn about different methodology of being aware of myself, and there are so many things you you said that I wanted to unpack. Yeah. When you two are pregnant with Gali. How、yeah. old were you? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. So you say you were open about it, but you were struggling to say that you two were pregnant. But it is true that women are the ones they are suffering. Yeah. And then we are the one that needs a little bit of rest before going to another training, and we are the one that our structures within our pelvis and our internal abdominal get changed with the scars tissues we have through、mm-hmm. giving birth. And we are the one that need to like go back on our training.、Mm-hmm. So,、yes. and we are the one that most of the time to be considered the one to be carrying the kids. Yeah, with rounded back and rounded shoulder. So there is for me now. I turn it as a price. <laughs> there is a price to pay while you want to have kids. When you think about you might be pregnant, was there any negotiation between being pregnant and like being able to? Keep going on your coaching journey. At that time, because I was flowing when I got pregnant, I like I did like an immersion about it, and I forgot about everything. I did not train at all in all my pregnancy. I was like feeling, waking up at whatever hour, going to the beach, doing whatever. I really like. I want to do this. Okay. And never came to me to do training or yoga, or whatever. Not even yoga. Why? Why is that? I don't know. My mindset was like to flow, to flow whatever it comes. Like I didn't have a structure. My goal was to learn more about pregnancy, galley, how I want, and I was also tired. In the first three months, I was like, sorry, but vomiting every day and sleeping every day. And then when I recovered, like priorities came to me. I wanted to feel the baby, to do lots of meditation. I did and swimming also a lot of swimming, but very very relaxed. Now nowadays I know there is lots of things to do while pregnant to to be even healthier and to have even a better pregnancy. Like lots of exercise and squatting and all this is pretty pretty good. But then I was like just flowing with the <laughs> wind. But the recovery, I did wait the forty days after, completely resting and trying to figure it out about the breastfeeding and trying to bring everything all together, like all the uterus and everything, to give them time to rearrange inside the body. And then I started slowly, slowly. I wasn't pushing myself then. I started pushing myself when Gali was about one year and a half. When she was having naps, I started to train. Sometimes at twelve in the midnight, I train 
but because I wanted, because I got hooked, because I, I was like, oh my God, I need to do this. Yes, yes, yes. And I was happy about it. My recovery of my body, like pretty good. I was feeling more strong than ever in my life, more mobile than ever, more energetic and powerful. So I was like, I'm not living this. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, my partner and I mm -hmm. were thinking about doing this nomadic trip because I want to get, I want to have baby two years after. But like every time I was able to hop on my motorcycle and bike to the movement class, mm -hmm. it's like a torn between. Do I really want to have baby that soon? Because if I, if I do, then one of us has to be the one yeah. stay home and watch the baby. And I can't just move so freely. I feel like I will have the guilt of not being able to stay at home. No, no. And then if I stay at home, I will have the guilt of not being responsible for my training. Do you face the same challenge? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was like sometimes feeling very guilty. In the beginning, I was just training when she was sleeping. So when she was a baby, she napped all day long. So I have a lot of time. But then she just started to walk and this and that. And sometimes I was sharing with Jonathan, like, okay, let me go and train. You you stay with her. And we was doing co-parenting. -par we are doing. was hard also for him to, to enter into this new mood of co-parenting. <laughs> but in the beginning, when we went also to Israel, when she was like one year ago, we went and training uh, with Roy Goldsmith and Liav in his facility. Then it was called Movement Israel. Like I don't remember. Now it's another name. They allow me to bring Gali to every class. So I put like a puzzle mats, four puzzle mats, and a bunch of backpacks around, and I put her there. And I was doing my training, and then I go and kiss her and whatever, and she is playing, and everybody goes, and hi, baby, whatever. Can I carry her? Yes, okay. And every, like, she become part of the community as well. Everybody mm -hmm. knows her and love her. And this, for me, was also something that I really love from the community. It's not like, no, don't bring the kids, you know? It's like very, very open. In my case, I don't know if in all the cases. And then we went for three months to study with Ido Portal direct. It was a beautiful experience. We were training eight hours a day with him. Maybe sometimes if we was lucky, we, we rest a day in, in the week, but sometimes we didn't have the rest. So we were, we had sessions of four hours and he also allowed me to bring Gal. So I was training and breastfeeding her and then he was like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, Ido, can I go? Yes, go. And I breastfeed her, put her there in the park and we go because we mostly with Ido, we train outside in Berlin in the parks. So she was playing with the kids in the sand and I was training here. So if she cries, I go. It was perfect for me. Then my father's-in-law, they're also like a huge part of it. They help us a lot. Sometimes they go with us for one month or two months and they help us to take care of her or to be with her. It's not taking care of her. It's very nice to be around her. And for me, it's like the most thing when, mo when I enjoy most my training is when she is around watching no, or not watching directly, but there experiencing the ambient, you know, mm -hmm. for me, this is like, yes, it's my day.
when she's there playing with her friends and I'm training and she sees I'm doing. I never pushing her to do things, but she knows how to do things because it's like common for her to be upside down or to roll mm-hmm. or to because she she sees this every day in us. It's beautiful. Seeing kids in class playing around is so mind blowing for me. It's like in Taiwan they will have some gym that has. Um, mommy's benefit session where they have a caretaker mm-hmm. and they have a zone, and so the mom can put the kids there and the mom go work out. Mm-hmm. But here, the kids are just playing with us or train with us. I think that's an empowerment for kids too. Like they know they can do what adults can do. It's a way to know that the instructors here see human as a whole person. They don't see them as like, okay, you are a student and you are not allowed to be a father or a mother, so your kids has to be outside. It's like this embracing of humanity. It makes me feel it's so beautiful to see the yeah. kids around. And what are the things that Gali teach you? Oh my God, so many things. She's my greatest teacher since the beginning. First of all, patient, and she's definitely a mirror. I can see me through her. I can see the patterns she's getting from me. Some good, some uh, not so good. But then I confront them and I change them if I can't, which is very hard to also change patterns, but not impossible. And also talking about movement, sometimes we do in classes with her, like you are the teacher with the students. You're the teacher, Gali. Teach us like a sequence and she do whatever. Nobody can do what she's doing, you know, because... She's so mobile and so agile. And she teach me that we was like her. We all was like her and as kids, but we forgot to be like that because of technology, shares, sofas, buttons, cars. But she's like pure. She can do whatever she wants also with the body. And she has a crazy mobility on the legs and she's strong. It's good to learn from her every time. And I, I know in order to be good parents, you need to go down of the stir of I'm the father, I'm the mother, I'm the one I know, you know? We need to also put ourselves as, as students. I'm, I also can learn from my daughter so many things and I allow her to, to teach me without her knowing she's teaching me. You know, like, I know, I learn every time, every time. She's very connected also to her intuition. And the way she learns, oh my God, I wish I could learn like that, you know. She can be in the classroom, not doing the class with us. She can be playing, but she is learning what we are practicing. And sometimes, one day, suddenly, she do the thing we was teaching. And I'm like, oh, wow, golly, nice, nice job. Like she see, absorbs and do mm-hmm. without pushing her. And I think it's a very, very aspect of learning. Learn as a child. Like Jonathan has this quality of learning. I'm not. I'm more like you need to tell me A, B, C, D, E, F, G to, to know. But Jonathan can see something and do it. Like it doesn't matter if he don't get it. He do it and he try and he try and he try and suddenly he got it. But nobody 
explain him like A, B, C, D, F. And for me, this kind of learning is limited. They teach us, the society teaches us to learn like that. Sit down, I will explain you things. And I believe we have this self-directed learning. Actually, this is the technique that the Gali schools is working on. Self-directed learning. You choose what you want to learn and you, you develop your own method of learning. You said that when you were a kid, you were also just trying all sorts of stuff related to training and sports. Was it normal for you as a, for a girl like your age to be in contact with so many physical activities? Mm, yes, yes, it was normal. But my dad was very physical also. He was always training something. So he was always pushing us to, to do sports because that's what he loves. So from that side, I, I took it, I think, because my mother was the opposite. She was reading books forever, and she would not ever do something about the body. But my dad, every weekend, let's go to climb this mountain. Okay, let's go. Let's go to the park and, and, and run, and I will check your speed, and let's go. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So it came naturally for me because of him, and also I'm kinetic. I, I'm very like hyper, hyperactive. I need to do things. Yeah, I was asking the question because like, when I was a kid, people always told me, don't do that, otherwise you'll be looking like a boy. Uh, yeah. Don't do not do sports, otherwise people will think that you're not attracted yeah, to stuff like that. Of course. Definitely, yes, I heard that. I heard like, don't sit like that because you're a girl. Uh, sit properly. Um, I don't know. Eat your food properly. All these things. Or don't talk too much because you're an, or you're a child. You're not allowed to talk. You're not, you are not allowed to, to say, to give an opinion. I think it's general for children here in Mexico. I don't know in other parts of the world, but for girls, yes, you run like a girl. You fight like a girl. You're slower because you're a girl. You this and that, but. My inner will is very competitive. So in school, in all these races of running, I was like, I'm going to win because I'm going to win. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And especially if you're a man, I will beat you, you know? And thank God I never had this on my mind. Like, oh my God, I'm a girl. I'm, I'm not going to win because I'm a girl. How do you prioritize your life right now in terms of training and then coaching? And planning business, taking care of Kong. Oh my God, it's like juggling. <laughs> it's like juggling, yes. Um, so I try to organize myself, which is the most difficult thing because I'm messy. I'm messy, but like naturally messy. That is why I love Ido Portal. It's a method that is so well like constructed. It's uh, organized and, and beautiful. I can understand everything because of the organization of it. So I try to organize myself. In the beginning, I was very like strict. 6 a.m. to 8, first session, then Gallis wakes up, 9, breakfast, kindergarten, then Next session, like 10 to 11, then the class, 11 to 1, 
Then I have one to two to do another mini session. Then I go pick Galit for, from kindergarten. We have the meal. We rest a bit. We have a nap or whatever. Then I take her to something, to a class. She, she mostly go to classes because she wants to be with her friends. So is, I take her to jujitsu or dancing classes sometimes. And, or sometimes she go to a friend's house. And then afternoon I, I do a little session and sometimes friends comes here and they are with me doing my last session. And then the other part, huh? like dinner, shower, reading, sleep. And I try to keep also like the weekends for her, like the, the rest day. Let's go to the beach, this and that. Uh, with Jonathan also. I'm not in charge every day of her. It's hetzi hetzi. I'm talking in Hebrew. It's mitadi <laughs> mitad. Half and half. We try to do that. Sometimes I say, okay, today is your day with the galley. Tomorrow mine. Please, I want to go and do a treatment. So you, you take care of what she's eating and whatever. When co-parenting first started, do people give you a lot of shit about that? Like, uh, like, and I remember when I was a kid, my mom would ask my dad to help wash dishes in the kitchen, and my grandma would say, "How dare you let my son do it?" Ah, uh, yeah, oh my like, God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no, thank God, no, because my mother-in-law, she's sweet, and she's she's more revolutionary than me, so she's very like everybody do his own thing. And I think she, she was a good mother with Jonathan. He's very open to help. In the beginning was hard. In the beginning because we was young parents. <laughs> Entre comillas. How do you say like? Young parents? Young parents. Like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Jonathan in the, in the beginning was in a bit of a shock like, Oh my God, I'm going to be a, pa- a father. I'm, I'm a child. <laughs> what I'm going to do? But slowly, slowly, with agreement and a lot of talking and a lot of being aware. In the beginning, I was doing everything because I was taught like that, you know? And I was the superwoman. But then I got to a crisis of stress. Why I'm so stressed and so unhappy? Because I wanted to do everything by myself. And no, I need to release. I need help. I'm not superwoman. I look like, <laughs> but I'm not. And it was hard for me to understand that. What's hard to me to realize and to cut patterns and to also to encourage Jonathan to, to be aware also. Also talking. Sometimes I want him to read my mind, you know, like, and no, I need to express it. You know, I'm tired. Can you take care of Gali today? Thank you. I'm going to the beach. Bye. You know, also for me to disconnect that because I was very like, go, Gali, Gali, in my arms all the time. It's mine. My, my baby. To, to disconnect and to allow him to enter also into this play of family was my part also. It's not all only his unawareness. It's also my unawareness of I'm not letting you help me. Do you see yourself differently when you are being a mother, a wife, a coach, or a student? Or is the same person? No, my God. I think the most changing 
things on, on life, for me, until now, is life and death itself. To bring life, oh my God, it's a, a 360 turnaround. Also, to, to experience a death is the same. It's the same, but in a different way. But yes, I'm, I'm another person. I'm Mariana after Gali and before Gali, you know, like, and I, what I can say, I'm stronger than ever. I'm a, more aware than ever. I feel more pretty than ever. I feel more happy than ever. To bring a life is the biggest gift you can have in my experience. When I'm training there and listening at her voice down here, I'm melting. I'm training, but I hear her voice and I'm like, oh my God, I love you, Gali. You know, it's like the highest way of love a woman can experience. And I think I'm father also. Not sure. <laughs> but yes, I think so. <laughs> what about in like a 24-hour day when you are practicing Jiu-Jitsu as a student? Mm-hmm. Or when you are coaching and Gali was not there. And as opposed to Gali was in your arm. Do you feel yourself differently? When Gali is not with me? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, yes. I was fel- feeling very guilty. Like, oh my God, I'm here. So selfish. Working on myself. And Gali is there. I don't know what she's doing. Whatever. I don't know if she eat, ate or whatever. But then with the time, I started to realize that it's important for me and for her that I'm good like I'm I'm feeling good with myself and if I don't do the things that I love and I don't practice the things that I love uh, feed myself properly I think it's important for her to see also that she can do whatever she wants yes it's a commitment and a responsibility for sure to to have a, a daughter and or son but we tend to forget about ourselves as mothers. And that happened to me in the beginning. I was fully for her. And it's like that naturally. Fully for her. Fully. Mariana disappears. It's mother of Gali. Mariana doesn't exist anymore. I'm breastfeeding her, feeding her, changing her, watching her 24 hours every time. Ta, ta, ta. You got to a point that you, you don't know who you are. Like, Who I am? I'm Mariana? No, I don't think so. You know, like, then you slowly, slowly, you need to reconnect to yourself and to empower yourself to be like a a good example also for her, no? And to always evolve in a good way. If it's too much, go back. If it's too less, do more. It's like when we think about pursuing our freedom or like for the love of ourselves, it's something natural, but actually it's something that needs to be practiced. I one sentence I heard before that profoundly changed me and take actions in my life. Then it goes like, if we cannot love ourselves, we can't fully make people who love us feel loved too, either. Yeah. So you are coaching for many years. And yesterday we were talking about what to expect in training journey. And you mentioned there were two dark zones <clears throat> in your six years of training. Yeah. What are those dark zones and how did you get out of it? Oh my God was hard my two biggest dark zones okay i when i started movement my mother was sick she had cancer just when i started she started with the illness so this was the beginning of the journey 
I was trying to keep it up. I was always the strong, like, and and also like the practice helped me to be always going forward. Okay, let's go forward. Like, let's work on it, on my programs, on my mother things. I was helping her to bring her energy up. Also, it was hard. It was hard because lots of confusion. Knowing that your mother has cancer, and you also to train with this on your mind, it was very kind of a stress, but it gave me strength. Then for three years she was sick. The last year she was living in Monterrey, like in the north of Mexico. So I was traveling there maybe four times a year to spend two months with her in her house, helping her going to the doctor every time, this and that, the treatments, and while training in Gali. I wasn't teaching. I was focused on Gali and my mother. The last six months, she decided to come here and live here because she wanted to die here with me. Also, all my family, my sister was living here and my brother was living here. Only my mother and my father and my other brother were living there. So she decided to come here and because she didn't know, she didn't want to know about doctors and hospitals and all this stuff. She wanted to, to feel free to, in a natural way. She has lots of sisters and brothers and everybody is like very attached to the hospital and doctors and all this. And so she was feeling a bit of stress and she said, no, I'm coming here and I'm here, I can see Gali every day, and I'm with you, and I don't care. With specialists and everything, we talk a lot with, I don't know how you call it, but this in Spanish is tanatologa. Tanatologa? No sé. <laughs> it's like a special person who prepares for, for the death. Mm-hmm. To prepare the person who is going to die, and also the family. So we was taking therapy, and, and that was hard, super hard. I was still keep training. At that point, when she she got worse and worse, and then I was pushing her in the beginning to train and to move and this, but then she she couldn't. Like she was like, she she cannot walk anymore, and then she cannot sit by herself, uh, stand sitting. Like every time going backwards, no? She was getting older, you know. She was young. She was sixty three, but she looked like eighty. 84, 85, I don't know. To see this degeneration, and at the same time, I was the opposite. Like, you know, like getting stronger, getting this and that. And I was like not understanding in that point. And I was like, oh my God, how she cannot, and I can do this, and why this and that, and all these emotions and that. So she died. I didn't stop training, but I was hurting myself. I was hurting myself because I didn't confront the situation. I didn't confront the situation in that time. I wanted to to close my eyes and keep going. I I kind of remained strong for the rest of my family because I had the strength. I felt the strength. But in my inner world, I was devastated, you know. So this was... (laughs) Sorry, I'm crying. <laughs> this was my first dark zone. And then I got to a point that I was taking therapy with professionals and this, and they, everybody recommended me to stop. You need to stop, Mariana. Stop. Force yourselves to stop. You need to learn how to stop. So I stop, and 
and release. I stop and release and I gave me the time to to feel the pain, to cry, to let go. And I, I stopped movement for about, I don't remember, three months or so, four months. Nothing. I didn't want to do anything because I know if I started to to do, I will never stop to do. So I was forcing myself, stop, and I was connecting more with the sea, going into the water and releasing and swimming and this and that. And I went more inside, lots of meditation, lots of forgiveness and trying to understand. It's, it's hard to understand these things, but also these things are life-changing as birth. For me, it's like, oh my God, again, trees. 360 degrees turn and start again. So only when I felt I was a bit more releasing, so I started again, slowly, slowly. And I was like, I lost so many things physically, but at the same time, nothing is more painful than to lose your mother, no? So I was confronting that also in the practice, like I lost my mother. And I lost all that I was working with, but I didn't care. I was like, okay, I don't care. Like, it's temporary. And we are in this life to restart things and to try to understand. And, but time, time is, I think, is the most big, big teacher. So this was one of my darkest zones and was very hard for me to come back also, to return to movement, but also was, also empowering me to continue when I started to move again. I was like, okay, let go. And also I was more flexible. I was more connected to my intuition. I was giving me more time to rest. I was giving me more time with Gali. I was more aware of the available things, the, the things that matters, like your daughter, your husband, your family. And also... The strength remains. When you build the strength, the strength never goes. It remains. You need to work again. Inner and outer. And these things make you strong and wise. Slowly, slowly. And every time you understand more. It's a journey. Life is a journey. No? You need to always ask questions and find answers for yourself. How do you view death now? And if one day we will eventually die, why train at all? Ah, yeah, this is one of the... This is, comes to me a lot. <laughs> Why should we train if we, we are going to die? It's not training. It's like a life practice. I want to be capable of caring my grandchildren. I want to, to have longevity. I want to be developing my brain, my nervous system, with all these coordination tasks and... Yeah, I think we need to move forward if we want to imprint this information in the next generations, in the DNA, you know, like all this information of going forward of strength bones, strength muscles, uh, mobile bodies, always aiming to, to set up projects and finish projects and then a new one and like always going up the ladder. Sometimes we need to stop 
And sometimes we need to go a bit down to understand things. But I don't imagine my life always going down or staying steady in one staircase, you know, like... I like to grow, understand, knowing that we are all learning forever. You know, this kind of situations gives you that. Like when my mother died, I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything. I don't know anything in this world. I'm like blackout. But yeah, to improve, to be better person, to be more aware, to be better mover as well. Yeah. You've trained for so many years. There are many female students coming in for the first time. What are the challenges you see that newbies might face? That the what, sorry? No- the ch- newbies, like new students. Ah, People okay. People who are no, totally new to strength training or movement training. What is that, like the challenge? Mm-hmm. Sometimes here in Mexico, <laughs> in this community, the girls come and they get desmotivated to see men can do the strength work and and they they see them and then they they feel like oh my god i never i'm not going to do this ever you know like i'm so weak this is one of the challenge to feel unmotivated because of one thing that you see another thing sometimes we tend to over protect ourselves I no 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 like I don't want to I want to keep my soft hands forever and sometimes I see they are looking for something else sometimes girls they want to to work on that external looking you know like I want to train because I want to be skinny and beautiful and I want to have big butt or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> so this is a challenge first you need to change the mindset you know like we are here not to work on that first of all they've told me so many times no give me something for my abs please i have i want something for my abs and i'm like i'm sorry i cannot give you something Wait, for your students abs students in the class yeah hard yeah. to imagine yeah <laughs> yes so i'm like this is not for you like we are not working on abs we are working on movement We want to be better movers. We want to move with quality. We want to do the basic things, you know, to squat, to do fisherman squat, to have a good communication with the ground, to fall and roll instead of breaking up your back. We want these things to help us to develop our body and our mind. So yes, one of the challenges is the mindset. Another is sometimes we tend to Ah, no, I cannot do this. Ah, no, I know I cannot. Like to see the big frame of things and not to concentrate on small things and try to motivate yourself. Yes, I can do it. It will take time, but I can do it if I, I work hard. It's hard to work hard because we want everything easy. In this life, with the telephone, with the buttons, everything, quick results, outside looking, but no. We need to, to work hard to unsoften the tissues of the palms and to get stronger as a woman. Female students in our class come from all sorts of backgrounds and countries and culture. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the benefits for them to train movement? <laughs> It's a tricky question. If you will ask Ido Portal about benefits, he will not answer. <laughs> you are yeah. wrong, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> But... You will get to the benefits through the practice. 
you will find out yourself the benefits of the practice. But yes, I will tell you some of them. So self-confidence, inner strength, physical strength as well, more per perspectives also, physical perspectives and inner perspectives. You discover this world of thousands of combinations. So it's like, oh my God, it's not just from here. It's also from here. And what about if I turn it that way? Oh, this is another. Oh, okay. So it's like it opens your mind to different ways of seeing life. Also, it's good for, for the body, for the nervous system, for the brain. You develop the brain. Oh, my God, so much. Like putting you in all these different scenarios of coordination and resolving riddles. All this gives you food for the brain. So I think you get smarter <laughs> and uh, and aware. Aware of your body, aware of other bodies, aware of the space and the time. There are so many, many, many benefits. But you will discover through the practice and through the repetition and through the daily being there, hard work. There are a lot of students who keep coming back and stay to train with you for a long time. Say, for example, like Ali. Yeah. Why do they stay and why do they stick on to the journey? I think they, they discover the, the benefits of the practice. Especially Ari, she's very steady. She don't miss a class since the beginning. She's curious and I think curiosity is good in this practice. She becomes stronger, mobile and she's discovering so much about herself. Feels she's growing. She can see and we can see also her progression physically. I think she has more and more reasons, but I will need to ask her the <laughs> <second> question. <laughs> I think this rediscovering of self in every single class is something that I never experienced before. Because in lifting, it's so... There are many different drills, but it's all those main categories and the same things, different type of lunch and stuff. But in the movement class, so many varieties. And in the same varieties, you have different angle to learn about it. When you use your right hand to do it, then you use your left hand to do it, and you find out you don't have the same hands. <laughs> you don't have the same fingers. Your peripheral vision is different than you have in the in the morning, than in the, in the sunset time. Yeah. I remember Sandrine gave the group of feedback that she feels more creative. Yeah. After she starts training, and I think that's the way I feel too. Like. I started to create stuff that I never thought of I would create after I started practicing movement yeah. in my life. This neural connection we have in our body, just being able to create so much more possibility we have outside the class. And that's something that just, I think it's really hard to find a way to stimulate your brain, your mind like that. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And so, and what is it like to coach as a female in a cultural world? Much is small. Oh my God, <laughs> that's a good one. I love that one. I love, I love to to feel empowered to teach men and women as well. And yes, I have sometimes I see some students they, they have trouble to listen to a woman or to really open the mind of okay, she is teaching me, I will learn. But at the end, everybody opens and everybody understands that it's not about you are man, you are woman. And also this, this community in general, movement culture is very equal. Women and men, they can do whatever they want on, on the same level. I don't know if you know about Odelia. 
Odelia Goldsmith. She's the right hand of Ido Portal. She's amazing. She's a goddess. She can do whatever she wants with her body. More than anyone in this world. <laughs> I know. She's, she's like my inspiration for sure. As well, Ido Portal. But uh, I think it's good for me to teach men and women. I don't also, I don't like so much to separate, you know, like I will do only class girl. I don't do only men class. Let's integrate together and learn from each other's. And they will need, if they are very macho, they will need to open up. If not, bye. <laughs> they will need to open up and to understand that there is no macho in this, especially here in Mexico culture, movement. <laughs> yeah, outside, yes, there is a lot. But we try not to be like that. I think like for like my journey as a coach, I'm always looking for like a female model like you mm -hmm. to share your story. And to know that we are not alone. Hmm. And it's it's just been very inspiring for me to just listen to how you describe oh, your thank journey. You. And do you have any words to share with young female coaches who just started out on the same path? For sure. I'm super happy that every time a woman is like going up on strength, inner strength, on... Um, confidence so i will tell all the young girls that you can do everything you want you can do everything you want we can do everything we dream just we need to focus and you can create your own story for sure do you have any words to share with female coaches who are considering becoming a mother <laughs> yes i think uh, it's part of life And if this practice, for example, is like a, a movement practice for life, so why to disconnect nature itself from it? I think you can do it for sure, as I did, and uh, you can do even better. Yeah. I think there is no better, only different. Yeah, different. Um, yeah. So what advice would you give to other females who are thinking about learning movement but are hesitant to try? Don't be afraid of of confronting yourself of looking at the mirror try if it's for you stay if you don't understand and you feel it's not for you step back maybe come back later or find another path also and where can people find you on social media if they want to learn more about you and the movement class mm -hmm. we are in facebook as movement underscore mexico and we have The mail is movement.mexico.gmail. My Instagram also is Mariana underscore Fletcher. And that's it. <laughs> Mariana has a lot of beautiful videos about her, she moving in the nature. So if you want, if you are curious about what movement class is like, please do go on to their Instagram to check it out. Mm. And thank you so much for today, Mariana. Thank you, Mariana. I love you.